Quality sleep is essential, and that's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. So you can choose what's right for you whenever you like. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature. Quiets their snores. Sleep Number does that. Sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on Sleep Number limited edition smart beds for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com slash awards. Only at Sleep Number stores or sleepnumber.com. I am Chris Cuomo, and welcome to Primetime. Let's talk turkey. Very few, if any, have it easy right now. Too many are sick, starving, suffering. This reality should make this Thanksgiving really more profound, more resonant for those who have avoided that kind of COVID-born crisis. Our tables and turkeys may be smaller, but be thankful if you're not one of the 50 million going hungry. We got more Americans on food lines than at any time since the Great Depression. I keep telling you this because our Congress keeps not doing anything about it. Now, as for me, I have more to be thankful for than ever, certainly more than most. I had COVID, as you know, worst illness of my life, but I was lucky. And while I'm not all I was before I got sick, I'm more than fine. And that brings profound gratitude because I've talked to too many families whose loved ones were nowhere near as lucky. My prayer is that the loved ones of the more than 260,000 stolen by this sickness not only find strength in family, but that they also may find some solace. If we are able to find solidarity in fighting COVID, then maybe they'll get to see others spared their pain. Now, our president-elect agrees with that and says he'll lead the way. We need to remember we're at war with a virus, not with one another, not with each other. This is the moment where we need to steal our spines, redouble our efforts, and recommit ourselves to the fight. I commit to you, I will use all of those powers to lead a national coordinated response. But, but, the federal government can't do this alone. None of these steps we're asking people to take are political statements. Every one of them is based on science, real science. Hang on. Don't let yourself surrender to the fatigue, which I understand it is real fatigue. I know we can and we will beat this virus. America's not going to lose this war. Well, look, his urgency is aided by the reality. This, today, has been the deadliest day of this pandemic since May. We now have the most people hospitalized ever. Ironically, this virus is raging most now in parts of the country that were won by President Trump, who lost in large part because he all but ignored the pandemic. Yeah, times are screwy. They're confusing. But if you needed proof beyond the rejection of a record 80 million plus voters rejecting Trump, just look at how he's spending his time while still president. He talks about the record Dow, but not about the record deaths. He talks up lies about the election as he ignores the pain of the pandemic. He hasn't even given you any guidance on the right way to handle this holiday. Why would a president leave that to others? The guidance from his own office, by the way, encourages people to crowd into places of worship this weekend and thank God. Let me tell you what you should already know. You crowd into places of worship and you'll have to pray for all the people you may get sick or be sickened by. Jesus never asked anyone to show their faith by hurting others. And then Trump says he'll never stop fighting for you. 
How is he fighting for all of you who voted for him by ignoring COVID case explosion, by ignoring the need for relief? Instead of spending time on that, wasting time trying to get Trumpers in the Pennsylvania legislature to steal the election. This election has to be turned around because uh, we won Pennsylvania by a lot and we won all of these swing states by a lot. All you had to do is take a look at the numbers at 10 o'clock in the evening when everybody thought the election was virtually over. And then very weird things happened. This election was lost by the Democrats. They cheated. It was a fraudulent election. You have to turn the election over. Because there's no doubt we have all the evidence, we have all the affidavits, we have everything. All we need is to have some judge listen to it properly without having a political opinion or having another kind of a problem. Because we have everything. And by the way, the evidence is pouring in now as we speak. Last time I heard a voice like that spouting nonsense like that with a screen that was lit up like that, it was poltergeist. And this is just as scary. All that evidence that's pouring in, like he said, he'd be right if he was talking about the evidence that COVID is killing us. He thinks a vaccine that is months away for the many is more than enough to do on his watch. And as for all that evidence of mass voter fraud, they're nodding their heads. "Mm, Yes, yes, yes. Then why don't they offer some? At least 30 cases lost since Election Day, all for the same reason. Conservative judges, liberal judges, conservative states, liberal states. No proof. Today, more nothing. Unsworn witnesses making claims of fraud that they suspected or largely heard about. All those Trumpers in power, think about it, all those different electeds in states where he lost, swing states, and yet none of them came forward with anything real. What does that tell you? You know who knows the answer? Rudy Giuliani. He stopped sweating long enough to make the perfect point. I know crooks really well. You give them an inch and they take a mile. And you give them a mile and they take your whole country. Says the man in the shadows. He is describing what he and the Trumpers are trying to do. Claw their way into chaos. That maybe they can continue Trump's reign of error. Biden, on the other hand, is taking a different path. Now, look, he has a lot to prove in coming weeks and months. But one thing that we already know is he's not going to spend his time tearing down the very institutions that we depend on. Let's be thankful for democracy itself. In the middle of a pandemic, more people voted this year than have ever voted in the history of the United States of America. Our democracy was tested this year. And what we learned is this. The people of this nation are up to the task. In America, we have full and fair and free elections. And then we honor the results. The people of this nation and the laws of the land won't stand for anything else. Contrast that with the reality that he's coming into. We have never had a president act more like a Russian agent causing discord and division than Trump. Again, I don't know what Biden's going to be able to do, but I, for one, am thankful to hear that at least he will try to be better. I believe that this grim season of division, demonization, is going to give way to a year of light and of unity. Why do I think so? Because America is a nation 
not of adversaries, but of neighbors, not of limitations, but of possibilities, not of dreams deferred, but of dreams realized. This is our moment, ours together, to write a newer, bolder, more compassionate chapter in the life of the nation. The work ahead is not going to be easy. It will not be quick. You want solutions, not shouting. Reason, not hyperpartisanship. Light, not heat. You want us to hear one another again, see one another again, respect one another again. You want Democrats and Republicans and independents to come together and work together. And that, my friends, is what I'm determined to do. He's determined, but it takes two to tango. What about the retrumplicans, the Republicans? Can they become Republicans again and work with Democrats on anything? We haven't seen it in a very long time. Let's take the state of play to the professor, Ron Brownstein, and the one and only Anthony Scaramucci. So, Anthony, you're hearing the same thing that I am, that Trump was being told, hey, what you're doing here is starting to be bad for the brand. How do you square that he's worried about being bad for his brand? I would argue this is his brand. But with what they did today, coming out of the shadows, saying everything is terrible, having proof of none of it. Yeah, he doesn't think it's bad for his brand. He's pushing back on all those people. It's bad for their brand. But for President Trump, it's not bad bad in his mind for his brand because he thinks he's got 25 to 75 million people that are going to follow him around the country after he leaves the White House. And that's why he's doubling and tripling down on this nonsense, Chris. They like it. It's it's a Duraflame log for conspiracies. And he's a Duraflame log. That's the best you got. He's a Duraflame log. That's the best no, you I got. got more. I got I got more. That's the I was best waiting you got. Trump the, uh, is a Duraflame I was, log. I, I was waiting until I spoke again before I said Happy Look, Thanksgiving. Let to me. You. Well, I no, got you, more. In, I got more in the in my powder. I'll keg. give you a chance to save it. Uh, but let me just go to Ron for a second so you can gather your thoughts. Duraflame log, a ball of wax. Ron. Not a WPIXU log that we often remember. <laughs> remember that? That thing you, never yeah, stopped it burning. Burns, it bur- yeah. Ron, it burns forever. That's the point. I, I was re- trying to make. Thanks, I think Ron. Scaramucci yeah, was yeah. one of those guys. Thanks for, I think Scaramucci, thanks for the assist. You know, he's not helping you. I think Scaramucci was one of the guys who called into WPIX and used to go, picks, 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 trying to shoot down those little spaceships that they used to have on. I was a Met fan. I was watching WOR. I was a Met fan. I was watching Channel 9. Back to business. Ron, let's talk uh, demographics for a second. Uh, The irony here is that the people who are being hit hardest economically and in terms of health with COVID are places that voted more for Trump. Now... What does that mean slash mean for Biden's ability to actually do something for them and expand his own reach? Right. I mean, you know, the mold in terms of public perception of this was set at the beginning when it was concentrated mostly in most heavily in blue cities uh, and and places that had greater density. But it clearly spread all over the country now and it's just ravaging, you know, what we call Trump country. As you say, it does give Biden uh, an opportunity to deliver for those places in a way that the president is ignoring. I mean, the challenge is going to be to get even Republicans who represent places that are being hard hit to participate in the solution. I was thinking, Chris, you know, this is the greatest domestic challenge we have faced in America, I believe, since Pearl Harbor. And can you imagine if on, say, December 8th, 
or December 9th, 1941, that the Republican leader in the Senate at the time, who was Charles McNary of Oregon, got up and said, my principal goal in, in responding to this is to ensure that Republicans win back the Congress in 1942 uh, and Franklin Roosevelt is defeated in 1944. Mitch McConnell has been such a craven partisan that we kind of give him a pass on refusing to even acknowledge that the election has been decided and giving no signal that he is going to work with President-elect uh, Biden on this challenge. But the fact is, history will be looking at him. And can he rise above his partisan past to acknowledge that we are facing a true crisis as a country and that it requires all hands on deck to respond? Dumpster fire is what you should have gone with, not Duraflame yeah. log. You should have said dumpster fire. So what do you think of Ron's well, point? Everybody uses dumpster fire. That's because Duraflame like sucks. Point. I think That's why. Nobody I, uses Duraflame. All right. I was testing it this afternoon. People <laughs> didn't like it in my focus group. Test, nope, take it nobody easy, liked okay? it. Let's talk I do, to the wife. I, I do... I do. I do like what Ron's saying. I like the point of what he's saying. And I'm not exactly sure what Senator McConnell is doing uh, behind the scenes. I want to I want to hope and pray that they're going to return to some level of operation in the government. If he pulls the Obama stunt where he only wants them to serve for four years, that's going to be a catastrophe for the country in an hour of our need. So I do agree with Ron saying, I guess the the problem for Mitch McConnell is he's worried about those 74 million people, guys that voted for President Trump. He's not exactly sure what to do with those people and how he should handle those people in the aftermath of Trump's departure. Mm. I mean, look, the scary signal to me, Ron, what's your take on this, is that you've got these Republicans, you know, the Rubios, the Cruises, the Crenshaws, these guys who are not calling them president-elect, saying, you know, we got to let this play out. They know there's no proof. I mean, that does not bode well for what will happen no, even after this ends, does it? Because it's an ugly pivot for them if they try to become straight. And not only that, Chris, by, by allowing and abetting uh, the president, President Trump's, you know, baseless claims of fraud. And by allowing this idea to seep in among the Republican Party, uh, 75, 80 percent of Republicans in poll now saying they believe the election was stolen, which is a kind of striking commentary where we are as a country. By allowing that to happen, they are essentially assuring that he remains the dominant force in the party. Um, you know, he will be able to leave office and most Republicans will believe he didn't lose. It, it wasn't like he led them into a dead end where he's going to lose by almost seven million votes. He actually won. Uh, and it was uh, is only leaving because it was stolen from him. And that, I think, ensures that they will remain under his shadow, under his thumb. And by refusing to confront him now as throughout his presidency, I mean, you don't get to the kind of egregious uh, uh, chewing up of the rule of law that we saw like today with the pardoning of Michael Flynn in a single day. It only happens because at each step of the way, Republicans have refused to confront him, have instead abetted him and moved him. For, and they are basically guaranteeing more of this, more of him looming over them by their refusal to confront him now as he as he peddles this kind of stab in the back theory that he's going to be nursing for the next four years. Anthony, you think we're going to get more of the same? So I'm going to take the other side of, of Ron on this one. I actually think on January 21st, they're going to slice his throat metaphorically and they're going to push him out to pasture as hard as possible because you have all these young Republicans that want to run for president. And Mitch McConnell knows that once he's out of power, he has to dispatch him very quickly. And so and by the way, uh, Chris, you know, the president's personality. I know it very well. The minute he leaves that stage and it's no longer about him, he's not campaigning for other people. He's not going to go to diminishing crowd size rallies for himself. 
and the bloom will be off the rose and it'll be 75 years old. So I see this thing ending way more abruptly than other people do. So I'm going to take the other side of that one. He may feel more comfortable campaigning against than for. I mean, in other words, trying to intimidate Republicans anytime they try to set a different direction. And by allowing his hold on the party to remain so strong, I think they are increasing their risk of that. So we'll... We'll, uh, but remember, he's not, he's not going to be able to run until 2024. So he's not. Trust me, I know the guy. It's got to be 100 percent about him 100 percent of the time. And in the next two years, it really won't be. And he'll lose interest. That's just the nature of his personality. So, Anthony, you don't think he runs in 2024? I a 0.0 percent chance that he runs in 24. He'll have no standing in the party. Uh, the revisionist history people will kick in. He lost this thing by six or seven million votes. Five states flipped as a result of his incompetence. Uh, and he's not going to have a chance to run. And you have all of these new players that are going to be entering the space. And they're going to be demolishing him. Once he's weakened and out of office, Chris, they're going to undermine and demolish him. I don't know. Very few horror movies don't have a sequel. Ron, yeah. what do you think? Hard for him well, to no, run, he is the Freddy Krueger of American politics. Yeah, I already called that, him a Duraflame. Duraflame, yeah. cut his throat, push him Jesus. out to pasture. How do you push a guy out to pasture when you cut his throat? Anyway, go ahead, Ron. The last word to you. I, and, I was going to say, I, oh, I, like I, an, I also Ron, be careful. He's like an English teacher now. He's like an English teacher on the show now. <laughs> Wednesday before Thanksgiving. I, 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 I think also think it'll be very hard for him to run in the end. But I do think he's going to dangle that possibility. And I do think he will try to intimidate Republicans. And we have to kind of deal with, you know, everybody's been assuming that so many Republicans have been going along with him be, uh, on this kind of ridiculous fraud claims post-election because they are afraid of him. You have to allow the possibility that a fair number of them may be perfectly OK if he could have found a way to steal the election with him doing so. And again, that is an ominous signal for what the next decade may bring. Professor Brownstein, always grateful, thankful for you. Best to you and the family. And Mr. Mix, Mr. Mix metaphor, Anthony Scaramucci, you are as handsome as you are helpful. Thank you very much. All love to you and the family. Appreciate you guys, especially hey, the day happy before Thanksgiving. Thanksgiving. Guys. All the best. Thanksgiving, I'm thankful everybody. for you both. All right. So, look, what do we see with what Trump's doing right now? Those were good political points of analysis by two people who understand the game. Uh, I see it a little different. All right. I don't see the politics in it. I see what Trump is doing now as just running rough over the rule of law. That's what he's doing. That's what he does. He's not about law and order. OK, his law is that he gets to order what reality is going to be. And when it doesn't happen, he kills everybody. And if you shut your mouth and act out of fealty to him, then he might take care of you. Witness Michael Flynn, witness Roger Stone, right? Roger Stone got a sentence commuted. Michael Flynn today got a complete pardon. Why? He fought it. He shut his mouth. He never said anything about Trump. So now I want to bring in, in the next block, a man who oversaw the Russia investigation. He knows the Flynn case. Andrew McCabe will remind what this case was and wasn't and what this pardon means. Next. Andrew McCabe, welcome back. I thanked you. I thought that you were icing me, but now we're past it. Let me ask you this. What is the significance of this pardon of Michael Flynn? You know, it's it's incredibly significant, uh, Chris. I think first and foremost, this is the president's latest attempt to cut the leg 
out from underneath the special counsel investigation. Look, he rightfully believes that all of the conclusions of our investigation and the special counsel investigation undermine the legitimacy of his win in 2016. So he's done everything he possibly can to eliminate and eradicate the the successes and the achievements of that investigation. So I think that's the most important thing that's happening here. Why Flynn, when he says he fired Flynn for lying about Russia, when Flynn cooperated with Mueller? Because Flynn walked away from his cooperation with Mueller, right? So he walked away from cooperating with Mueller and essentially walked back to the open arms of the president of the United States. It's also important to note that Flynn never never uh, pointed the finger at the president or any of his close associates in a significant way. Um, I think the Mueller team probably expected at some point that they'd be able to connect those conversations that Flynn was having with Russian Ambassador Sergei Kislyak, uh, with you know having been directed by the president or others at Mar-a-Lago. There are telephone records that substantiate connections between them at that time. But um, what we learned from the Flint, from the special counsel report was that there, those those connections were never uh, substantiated. Flynn didn't provide them with that information, and it's likely the president feels uh, somewhat um, you know uh, uh, he's he's appreciative of that. Well, those two different versions make a material difference. If they couldn't be substantiated, fine. Then um, you know he had nothing to offer. If Flynn just didn't substantiate them, then doesn't the pardon come under a little bit of different scrutiny, which is, is he getting pardoned as a bribe? I think that's a perfectly reasonable question. It's not one that we can answer here on television. Will it be investigated or no? You think Biden doesn't want it, so forget it. I'm not sure that Biden wants to go down the same path that essentially Trump went down, investigating political rivals and that sort of thing. But, you know, there's one thing that I would point out to you, Chris, that I don't know that anyone has focused on this at this point. Had General Flynn actually sat down with those FBI agents and told the truth, it simply come clean and said, yeah, I talked to Sergei Kislyak. I was doing a little bit of preemptive diplomacy before I was officially in the seat. What's the big deal? It is possible that the special counsel investigation would never have even taken place. Had Flynn told the truth, it's likely that the case against him would be closed, which means that Trump would never have had to ask Jim Comey to close the case, which would have eliminated one of the, one of the significant motivations that we were acting on when we decided it was time to open a case against Trump himself. So if... If Trump wants to see people who are individually, personally responsible for many of his problems, he should look no further than Michael Flynn. Counter argument. Flynn was set up. Guys came in, posed as his buddy uh, to have him speak freely. uh, And they were looking to frame him the whole time. Uh, Had he known that, he would have acted completely differently. And that's because you guys were out to get Trump any way you could. It could have never been avoided. And really, Flynn is a casualty of overzealous investigation by political rivals. Absurd. Absolutely absurd. Unfounded. And a complete lie that's been perpetuated against me personally and many of my colleagues. Look, the fact is we were investigating Russia. 
and what the Russians had done in possibly coordinating with the Trump campaign. And we looked at General Flynn as a person who was who had historical connections with Russia at a very high level. And then all of a sudden we found that Flynn was in fact in contact with the Russians, was asking them for favors, which they were granting. And then we learned that he was lying to the vice president, to the president's uh, chief of staff, to the White House counsel about those interactions with Russia. So that is the uh, that's the triple crown of counterintelligence concerns. And that's what we were investigating Flynn had the opportunity to take the wind out of all of those sails had he simply told the truth. Mm. He didn't do that. Why do you think he lied to them about the conversations he was having if they were conversations for them? You know, I, I have asked myself that question a thousand times and I don't have a good answer for it. There was absolutely no reason for him to hide what he was engaged in. The agents actually prompted him in, their, in the interview with his own words, trying to get him to acknowledge the fact, mm. you know, the things that he had said and done. And he clearly uh, disassembled and, uh, and avoided that. So I don't know. I think that's a question that only Flynn can answer. Andrew McCabe, the best to you and the family for Thanksgiving. I'm thankful for you. Thanks, Chris. Me as well. All right, let's take a break. When we come back, more news about what the president's trying to do to stop the new president from doing what we need to have him do. Next. The president summoned Pennsylvania state lawmakers, Republicans really, to the White House tonight. Only there is nothing they can do for him. It's the same way Trumpers like Congressman Mike Kelly are celebrating a legal victory in Pennsylvania. But is it a victory? The so-called win delays the congressman's re-election. Does it mean anything for the presidential race? The governor already appointed the state's electors to Joe Biden. So let's try to make some sense of who's celebrating and why in Pennsylvania. We have Attorney General Josh Shapiro. Good to be with you, Chris. Thank you very much. Best to you and the family for Thanksgiving. Appreciate you taking the opportunities on this show in a time of tumult. So help me, brother. What happened here? Kelly's saying we won. We're stopping the certification. Did you lose? Chris, man, I think you did your homework again, as you always do. And that is, you know, Congressman Kelly is doing nothing more than celebrating uh, really a delay in his own election certification. Because what the judge expressly stated today uh, was that any elections that have yet to be certified in Pennsylvania would effectively be put on hold until she could have a hearing. Well, the presidential election has already been certified. Joe Biden was certified the winner yesterday. And in fact, the governor has already appointed the 20 electors from Pennsylvania who will cast their votes for Joe Biden. The races that have yet to be certified, like Congressman Mike Kelly's, I guess will be delayed now until uh, this is heard. Now, late today, that same judge actually delayed the hearing because we appealed to the Pennsylvania Supreme Court and said, look, review this and hopefully overturn it because it was wrongly decided. And so that's where things stand. Mike Kelly can celebrate and suck up to the president all he wants, but he will not alter the will of the people here, the election's been certified and the electors will vote for uh, Joe Biden. 
If that's true, then why was that backlit bunch in the Pennsylvania legislators hearing today uh, trying to convince them to overturn the election and pick their own electors? Man, that was just sad. And, and, you know, it was sad that the president and Rudy came to sacred ground here in Pennsylvania and disrespected our democracy. I would point out that it was not a hearing. No one was under oath. And Rudy knows that if he has uh, something to say that is truthful, he needs to say it in court. But he doesn't have anything to say. And he can't lie in court when he's under oath. And so he comes to this sham hearing, this sham gathering, and speaks to a group of people who seem to only want to be able to please the president. I, ironically, by the way, a group of people that voted for this law that Rudy and President Trump now are attacking. Um, you know, many people have been asking online, um, <clears throat> why didn't Rudy say the same things in court that he's been saying in the other places? You just outlined the difference. The difference is under oath uh, and you get in trouble if you say those kinds of things and can't back them up in court. Did he put anything out today to substantiate the president's claim that the proof is pouring in right now? Yeah, absolutely not. I've I've heard the president and Rudy say that the proof is coming. The proof is pouring in. Look, Chris, they have filed 30 some odd lawsuits and not one of them have they won because they've introduced no evidence of fraud, Mm. no proof of any wrongdoing. This was a safe and secure election. And the will of the people was respected when the vote was certified yesterday and the electors appointed. You know what, Chris, the, this is nothing. Go ahead. Finish your point, please. I, I was just going to say, I mean, this is nothing more than a sad last chapter for both Rudy and the Trump administration. Uh, it is sad the way they are attacking our democracy. And it is sad the way, frankly, people are trying to follow them uh, through this. And, you know, look, pivoting from sad to salient, you know, there's a bass awkward uh, notion to what's happening here. The people who would know if there were evidence pouring in of perfidy or any kind of lawlessness or irregularity uh, that was malignant in Pennsylvania, it'd be you. And it would be those Republican lawmakers. It should be in reverse. The Republican lawmakers should have been coming to the president and said, look at what happened in our state. Look at all this proof. This Democrat governor won't do anything about it. Look at this. They didn't have anything. Wouldn't you guys know better than Rudy? No, they they had no proof. And they came and attacked a law that those lawmakers voted for and a process, by the way, that helped them get reelected. Furthermore, I take election fraud very seriously. I prosecuted people for election fraud. There has been no evidence of any type of widespread election fraud here in Pennsylvania, any type of election fraud that would alter the outcome of this election. And Josh, uh, the AG is referring to something there. Just you have to remember how bizarre what Trump is alleging, that he got screwed. But down ballot in Pennsylvania, Congress and in the state seats, they did very well on the Republican side. So only Trump got worked. And now they're complaining to the legislators who were helped on the ballot that they want thrown out. It's just complete asinine. But three quarters of his party 
believes the election was rigged. And that's why I got to keep having you on, Josh, to keep reinforming people as to the facts. Last word to you. Yeah. And look, I, I think that's the sad part here, that the sitting president of the United States uh, came to Gettysburg and continued his assault on our democracy. And that people are listening to that, uh, that it's undermining faith in our institutions. That says to all of us that we have work to do to rebuild and repair the damage that he's inflicted on this country. I take my role in that very seriously, to tell the truth. I think everyone has to do their part to make sure that we rebuild from the destruction that he's brought to this democracy of ours. As mama always says, I'll start healing once you stop stabbing me in the back. (laughs) Attorney General Josh Shapiro, the best to you and your family for Thanksgiving. I'm thankful for the work you're doing in your state and for making your case here on our show. Thank you, Chris. The best to you and yours. All right. Thank you. Now, look, you know why I'm talking turkey, Uh, because it's Thanksgiving and uh, perspective on where we are right now. Okay, a lot of people, millions and millions have made their way to different destinations. Yes, we've been warned by the CDC not to travel. And yes, I understand why it's really hard slash frustrating for people to follow it. And many are not going to. We've seen long lines of people getting tested before the holiday. Yes, testing still sucks in too many places and takes too long. But we know it's a risk. So how do you balance these two things? I have somebody who will personally take you through their own experience of doing everything they could to do it right. Next. All right, we'll talk cases, then we'll talk common sense. 200,000 new cases each day. Oh, after November 3rd, I bet you COVID goes away. Yeah. Where are the Trumpers now with that? Hospitalizations at a record new high, nearly 90,000. We should have never played politics with the pandemic. It is killing us. The death toll is spiraling. We're turning the corner. Yeah. Circle by circle down into different circles of hell as we die more and more in more places. Today was the deadliest day in this pandemic since May. More than 2,100 lives lost right before the holidays. Now, despite this, I know millions of you can't take it anymore and you want to see family because you want the solace. I get it. I know I'm not supposed to say that. I know we've been all given guidance not to do it. I'm not seeing my mom. We're all going to have a smaller table. It's, it's, we're going to have to make something out of something that's not what we want it to be. And that's not easy. Okay, And I know you know what to do. I know you know about masking, quarantining, testing. But there is more to why the CDC is so freaked out about family gatherings and small gatherings in particular, more than they are about restaurants or anything else. And to give that instruction, I want to talk to you with somebody who did it the right way. Okay, now the event was huge. The 99th birthday last month for his father, okay? I mean, how many of us are blessed with having one of those in our family, let alone one of our parents? I want to bring in Larry Goldsticker of Plano, Texas, joining me now. Um, congratulations to your father. Thank you for joining me. Now, Thanks I want to, for having me. Larry, I want to back into this situation. Now, when you say we tried to do it the right way, what did you do just so people can understand what boxes you checked? So his birthday is in October. We started talking this summer and even had the conversation, do we go or not? And we decided we were going to go. Everybody quarantined for two weeks beforehand. Uh, My brother, who's in San Francisco, and his wife actually got tested 
beforehand. I drove instead of flying, 10-hour drive instead of flying to be safe. Everybody wore masks, and um, we did everything we thought we were supposed to do until we got there. And then once we got there, we stayed together, the 12 of us, either in my dad's house or my brother's house. Did not wear masks when we were together. The only time we went out, uh, went out Saturday night for his birthday dinner, uh, 12 of us in a private room, just us, waiters coming in and out. And at the uh, end of the weekend on Monday, uh, pretty much everybody started showing symptoms of COVID. How many of you got sick? Uh, 12 out of 12 that were there, plus uh, I infected my wife, who was not able to join us when I got back here. So 13. You did everything that you could think of other than canceling the party. And literally all of you got sick. Now, most importantly, dad, 99. He got it. Is he okay? He is uh, doing okay. Uh, he lost some weight. Uh, his, all of his strength is not uh, back, but I'd say he's probably at 90%. So and, he's, uh, we're, we're happy. And now some people have had some different things. You were talking a little bit long haul uh, where you got better, but you're starting to have what you call uh, phantom uh, sensations where you smell things that you're not supposed to. You know, that's not phantom. Uh, the sense of smell, the olfactory correction. I'll put you in touch with some doctors who are studying this. It doesn't come back. I've seen it with my wife. Things aren't phantoms. You just don't taste and smell the right way for a while because the small blood vessels are what control it. I'll take you all through that privately to help you get to a better place. But what do you want people to know about what you learned the hard way? Thank God, not that hard. So I think my message is it's not worth the risk. Uh, it's not just about you. Uh, when we were talking this summer, the conversation was, do we want to be the sons who killed their father? Obviously not. Um, if you're young and you're in college, it's not about you. It's about your parents, about your grandparents. Uh, you just don't know where it is. And um, so just just be safe. Uh, Thanksgiving will come around next year. Christmas will come around next year. If we had it to do over again, um, I wouldn't do it. Bottom line. And people will again, hear this story, Larry, and say, no, no, no. They got lucky. They had the birthday party. People got sick, but they're OK. You're saying you got lucky. And God forbid it had gone another way, you'd never forgive yourself. Absolutely. And we got lucky, but yet I have one brother who had to spend a night in the hospital. Um, I have this imaginary spell, uh, smell. Uh, my dad, uh, you know, again, 99, you don't get your strength back right away. So we do have side effects um, ongoing. It is not easy, even when you get what you think is a light case. I will privately talk to you more about what I understand about long haul and give you an expert to get in touch with. But thank you for putting this message out for people. Um, it's because my pleasure. A lot of people have a lot of good reasons to get together. And it's important to understand the risk from somebody who did it very conscientiously, tried to do it right, and it still went very wrong. Thank you. And uh, yeah, be, just be safe and healthy, everybody. That's all I can say. Have a good Thanksgiving. You got plenty to be thankful for. I'm glad people are getting past it. The best to you, Pop. 99 years, you're, uh, years young. God bless. Larry Goldsticker. Thank, thank you very much. All right. Bye. Gratitude in your attitude? It's easy for me. I'm thankful for all of you. Truly. Uh, I've never been given the gift that you guys have given me and my team to report for you. We do it knowing always that we report for you and to you. And I know this is a tough year uh, for too many, for too many reasons. I have some words for you right now that I hope speak to you as they did to me. Thanksgiving indeed for all that we need and for all that we didn't that missed us. 
whether it be death, disease, or destitute, if avoided, that means grace kissed us. And for all those hearing this, broke, beaten down, or under medical care, the fact that you're alive means it could all be worse. Time may heal, and the chance is real to grind for future glory. But never faster will grace reward us than if we add a new part to our story. Together as ever as one, that is the way for us to fight. To better days and better ways if we're together morning, noon, and night. That is my wish for all of you. Uh, that you understand, even in a hard time, that there is something to be grateful for and that we can give ourselves more opportunities to be happy if we do it together. But from the bottom of my heart, and I know I speak for the team, thank you. What a wild ride we have had together this year, and we are far from over. A very happy, safe, if incomplete, Thanksgiving to everyone. Quality sleep is essential, and that's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. So you can choose what's right for you whenever you like. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature. Quiets their snores. Sleep Number does that. Sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on Sleep Number limited edition smart beds for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com slash awards. Only at Sleep Number stores or sleepnumber.com. I'm Dr. Sanjay Gupta, host of the Chasing Life podcast. In honor of our 10th season, we want to hear from you. Leave us a message at 470-396-0832 and tell us how you chase life. It could be used on an upcoming episode.